Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. We're excited about starting this brand new series. I am. It's a brand new series we're starting as a church. One of the most important series we're going to do. Because every single time we talk about Jesus, I'm telling you something powerful can happen. And we're going through seven weeks where this is absolutely important to understand what Jesus says. John chapter 6. We're going to begin to read in verse 25. If you're there, can you shout amen? Awesome. John 6, 25. It says, when they found him on the other side of the lake, they asked him, Rabbi... When did you get here? Jesus answered, well, very truly, I tell you, you're looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the son of man will give you. For on him, God, the father has placed his seal of approval. Says then they asked him and they're like, well, Jesus, what must we do to do the work that God requires. Jesus answered and said, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Well, they asked him, well, then what sign, Jesus? What sign will you show us and give us that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors, they ate manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. And Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven for the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, then can you always give us this bread? Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Come on. Can we give God some praise for that right there? Come on. That's amazing. Today, I I, want to start by talking about the first I am statement. I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. And I want us to lean in today, take some notes if you want, and really believe that God's going to speak to our soul and our heart this morning. Come on. Why don't we close our eyes, bow our heads. Let's ask God to bless this time together. Father, we thank you so much for this day. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we we ask that today you may open up our eyes to see you, to understand who you are all throughout this day in every service, that you may speak to people, heal people. God, that today you would come encouraging people, God, where the enemy has wanted to come to kill, steal, and destroy. You come to heal, save, and make whole. Father, I thank you that you're a good God, that you love us, that you're with us, that you're for us. Have your way with us today. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. All of God's people say, oh, come on, all of God's people say, come on, can you make some noise one more time for Jesus? Come on, make some noise. I really think it is extremely important to have a proper and right understanding of who a person is, right? It is important to understand who they are because if you have a misunderstanding of who they are, it can lead to a wrong relationship with that person, right? A proper understanding 
can lead to a proper relationship. I wonder when it comes to Jesus, do we really, really know who Jesus is? Right? I, I think that's extremely important to know. In fact, it, it is vital to know who Jesus is. If you don't know who Jesus is, it can lead to a wrong relationship after Jesus. Having a wrong understanding of someone can lead you to actually do something in the wrong way. Right? Have you ever misunderstood someone or something and it led you to do something either really awkward or really wrong? Anybody in here? It was probably about March 1991 where my parents and my family, we went to something that comes yearly to our city. And it's the Miami-Dade County Youth Fair. Come on, somebody. Every single year, the youth fair comes to town, and as a family, we would always go together. In fact, back then, if you wanted a discount at the door, you had to save wholesome bread bags. Anybody remember that? Save wholesome bread bags, and my house used to have bread bags everywhere because we wanted a discount at the gate. We were broke, and uh, we were trying to get in there, and so we would go every year to the Miami-Dade County Fair. I was probably about nine, ten years old at the time, and I remember we went to the fair, and we're having an awesome time. It's an incredible night, but this thing is, is packed. Like, it always gets extremely packed. And, and we were there walking around. There was hundreds of people. And, and for a moment, uh, middle, little, little nine-year-old me gets lost. I get lost. I don't find my dad. I don't find my mom. And I'm like, they, they left me. They abandoned me. They don't want me. Oh, my God, they left me at the fair. They said, let's just drop him off there, and, uh, and, and he'll be good. I, I'm looking everywhere, and, and I can't find my family. I'm, I'm lost. Like, I, I am completely lost. I'm look, imagine, I'm 35 years old, and, and right now I still remember the feeling. Like, I'm looking everywhere, and I'm like, no, mom, dad. Like, I'm just, I can't believe it. I'm in shock. They left me, and and, and I'm, I'm just a lost young boy in the world. That's what I felt like, right? And look at hundreds of people everywhere. And from a distance, all of a sudden, from a distance, I noticed my dad, right? I noticed my dad. Look at my dad. I'm like, dad, dad. He's there. Papi, papi. I noticed my dad. And he, he's walking away from me, right? He's walking in the opposite direction. I'm like, no, dad, come back, right? And so I start running after my dad. I run. I'm, I'm telling you, I remember like this was yesterday. I run after my dad. And I finally catch up to him. And I grab his hand. And I'm like, ah, dad, father father good good father right I'm like poppy <laughs> only to have the strangest man look down at me and say I'm not your father all right I just wasn't my dad I grabbed the hand of the wrong man right a misunderstanding of who someone is can lead you to do something really wrong right Jesus there's a lot of thoughts opinions and concerns when it comes to Jesus. Jesus is known universally around the world. People talk about Jesus. Many people know Jesus because Jesus, he, he had good teaching. Jesus, he was a good teacher. He taught nice things, right? And so a lot of people around the world and throughout history say Jesus, he was, he was a good guy. He was a good, yeah, I like him. He was a good moral teacher. And some people don't know Jesus by his teachings. Other people know Jesus because of his miracles. People have heard of the miracles that Jesus did. Well, yeah, I know he healed the sick. And he raised people from the dead. One of his greatest miracles, he walked on water. And people always talk about the miracles of Jesus. And even when Jesus was alive, people saw him and thought of him in certain ways. And so some people followed him for different reasons, right? Some people followed Jesus because they thought that he was just a good moral philosopher. 
He has good philosophy. He teaches us how to love one another, how to have peace, and, you know, and just love one another. This is the painting. Every Jesus painting has this, right? We all know. What does this mean? Nobody knows, but it's just Jesus, right? And so they love Jesus, and, oh, we love that Jesus. So people followed him because he was a good guy. Other people followed him because he, he was a healer, and he could heal people. Other people followed him because they thought he had some kind of magic powers, and so his powers could do something in your life, right? And so some people liked him. Some people disliked him. Some people loved him. Some people actually hated him, right? All because they had a certain thought of who Jesus was. I wonder what's our thought, and do we really know who Jesus is? Do we really, really understand who Jesus is? It's important to know who Jesus is. If we just think he's a good philosopher and a nice teacher, then we'll come and we'll hear some of Jesus' words and say, that's cute, that's nice. If we just think he's a healer or he's a provider, then we're just going to come looking for something from Jesus. But if we understand that he's the son of God, if we understand that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, then that changes everything. And we follow him for an entirely different reason because we know that this world was created by him, through him, and all things are sustained by his power. We know who Jesus is, and so we have the right understanding of who Jesus is. If you have an incorrect understanding of who Jesus is, you're going to miss out on life. Life is not going to be the same if you don't see Jesus for who he really is. In fact, the Bible uses the word life more than 145 times. 10 times when it says the word life, it uses the Greek word bios, meaning your physical body, your skeleton, your physical body, your skin, right? It talks about bios. But over 135 times, it uses the word, a different Greek word that has to do with more life. And it's the word zoe. And zoe means a life full of vitality, a full life, a life that overflows. Jesus just didn't come to give you a physical life. He came to give your spirit a life and to make you alive in him so that you would have a full life. If you don't know who Jesus is, you're going to miss out on life. If you don't have a proper understanding of who Jesus is, you're not going to live life to the fullest. I'm living life to the fullest. No, you're not until you have a proper understanding that Jesus is the son of God and he came to give a Zoe life, life more than the physical body, but in your spirit, make you alive in Christ. Life looks differently and you're living life to the full. That is true life that Jesus came to give. And so... And so the big point that I want to tell you today is that if you understand correctly, then you can live life completely. If you understand correctly, you can live life completely. And it all comes from understanding who Jesus really is. John, the gospel writer, he's writing this book and he's writing this gospel. He's Jesus' best friend. He's walked with Jesus. He's a, an eyewitness to the life of Jesus, what Jesus did, what Jesus said. He He's walked all these years with Jesus and he's writing this letter and his intent is the let in the letter is to really show us who Jesus really is. Right. He, he's his best friend. Some say he was a, a first cousin of Jesus as well. Not only did he have John the Baptist as a cousin, but some believe this John was also a cousin of Jesus. So they were really close. In fact, many times throughout the gospel, he calls himself the one that Jesus loved. That's a good way to call yourself. Come on, somebody. Hi, what's your name? Alex, the one that Jesus loves. <laughs> and so John and Jesus, they were tight. They were, they were boys. They were homies. Like they loved each other. They, they hung out together. They really did life together all the time. So if anyone knows who Jesus is, it's John. And so it's important to read the book of John because it's going to show us who Jesus really is. 
All gospel writers, there's four gospels, right, that we call Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And they all give, give us a different perspective or a different angle of Jesus. Matthew, he gives us a perspective of Jesus as king. When Matthew writes the letter, he's trying to show us that Jesus was a king. When Mark writes his gospel, his book, he's trying to show us that Jesus was a servant and he came to serve. When Luke writes his letter and his book, he's trying to show us that Jesus, he was also a man. He's trying to show us how, how he can relate to humanity. But when John writes his book and when John is writing his gospel, he's writing to us to show us that Jesus was God. That is his intention. All throughout the gospel, you're going to see that John is trying to convince us and show us and persuade us that Jesus, he's just not a man. He's just not a servant. He's just not a king, but he's also God. And so you have to read John. It's such an amazing, amazing book because here we're going to see Jesus as God. Right. And, and all throughout, Jesus now is now starting to say who he really is in the gospel of John. He started to demonstrate who he is. And he says the words, I am. All throughout the gospel of John, there are seven different places where Jesus uses the words, I am. Two powerful words. Jesus says, I am. Now, before he fills in the blank and before he says what he is, these seven statements, they're profoundly, profoundly important. Right? Those two words alone, they, you will know the importance as soon as we hear them. I am. Well, wait a minute. We've heard that before. Right? That's why it's important. That's why you can't miss a week from this series because each and every single one are going to show us who Jesus really is. If we want to know Jesus and follow him, then we have to pay attention to the seven things that he said. As soon as he says, I am, we're like, whoa, we, we've seen that before. Remember, Jesus is saying this around Jewish people and religious leaders who have memorized the Bible. Right? They've memorized the Torah. The first five books of the Bible, they memorized this since they were kids. So when Jesus begins to say, I am all of a sudden, their ears, they open up, they stand up, and they're like, whoa, we, we remember that. Those two words are extremely important to us. We know who I am is. We've heard that somewhere before, right? And maybe you've heard it too. And some of us, we remember, come on, we've seen the prince of Egypt, right? Where, where all of a sudden, the Bible tells us all the way in Exodus that there was this guy named Moses. He was in the desert, and God appears to him through a burning bush and calls him and says, I'm going to use you to go free my people, Right? And Moses starts giving all these excuses as to why he can't go do it. And finally, God convinces him and tells him, I'm going to use you. <laughs> right? And then finally, Moses is like, well, I'm going to go talk to Pharaoh. Who do I tell him sent me? And God responds, tell him, I am sends you. Woo! That's a powerful name. Come on, how many know there's power in the name? That's why we, when we worship, some of us, we just start saying, Jesus, 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 as worship is going on, because when we lift up the name of God, something powerful happens in the atmosphere. I really believe that chains are broken, eyes are open, healing can take place, deliverance can take place, salvation can take place. Oh, you don't need a preacher to get saved. All you need to know is hear the name of Jesus. That alone will do it. So a name is important. And so when God tells Moses, tell him, I am sends you. Woo, that's a powerful, powerful name. What does I am mean? It literally means I am everything you need. I am everything and I am anything, right? I am everything you need and I am anything you want. You want peace? I am peace. You want joy? I am joy. You want mercy? I am mercy. 
Oh, you want forgiveness? I am grace. Come on, somebody. He's saying, I am the alpha and the omega. I am the beginning and the end. I am means that God, he's God all by himself. He doesn't need our help. He doesn't need our money. He doesn't need a gift. He doesn't need a advice. He's God. He's smart. He's intelligent. He made creation. I am that I am. Nothing can make me apart from myself. I am God. He's complete all in himself. One preacher said that I am is like a blank check. I like that. What do you need? Use I am for it. God, right now in this moment, I need peace. Go to I am. He is the peace that you need. God, in this moment, I just need some rest for my soul. I am rest for your soul. I am. And so Jesus now in the book of John, when Jesus starts saying these statements, the religious leaders and all the Jewish people around them, they start, we know we've heard that before. who, Who is this? He's saying he is, I am. I am. This is powerful. And the first one that he says is in John chapter 6 where he says, I am the bread of life. John chapter 6, what happens is that people have been following Jesus because they realize he's a healer. They realize he's a good teacher. They realize he's done a lot of good things. So he starts forming this crowd that's following him around everywhere. They've seen him on TMZ. They've seen him on E! News. They, paparazzi snapping everywhere. And so Jesus starts getting this crowd following him everywhere. And they're like, oh, he raised people from the dead. He's healing people. Let's go after Jesus. So he starts forming this crowd behind him. Right? In John chapter 6, he gets to a mountainside. After healing people, they come with him. And it says that 5,000 men are following Jesus, not including women and children. Some believe it's fifteen to 20,000 people following Jesus. Huge crowd of people following Jesus. Jesus, he goes by a mountainside in the Sea of Galilee, and he makes everybody sit down. He realizes it's late in the day, and he realizes people have gone on a long journey, and now people are starving. People are hungry because they've been after him for so long. Right by the Sea of Galilee on a mountainside, almost 20,000 people after Jesus. Me and Diana were just there several months ago. If you're going with us to Israel, we'll be able to go to that same exact spot where Jesus was. Jesus realizes people are tired, people are hungry, people are starving. And so he, he, he calls to Philip and he says, hey, Philip, not this Philip, another Philip. <laughs> Philip, he says, hey, where are we going to get some food to feed all these people, right? Jesus says, where are we going to get some food to feed all these people? Philip answers and they go, I don't know, there's no Chipotle around. There's no like, there's not, I don't know how we're going to feed. We're in the middle of nowhere, we're by a huge lake on a mountainside. There's nothing, no Chick-fil-A, no, no I don't know what to do, Jesus. And, he, and this is how he responds. He goes, I don't know, how are we going to feed all these people? Jesus was asking where Philip was responding how, right? Philip was thinking earthly, Jesus was thinking spiritually, What he was trying to do was test him. In fact, that's what the Bible says. He was testing Philip. What he was trying to do is see if Philip understood who he really was, right? One was thinking where, the other was thinking how. Can I tell you what's more important is the where, not the how. Because when you know where your provision comes from, it doesn't matter how he's going to do it. Oh, come on. When you need strength, it doesn't matter where it comes from. It doesn't matter how he gives you strength. What matters is where it comes from. Come on. When you need peace, it doesn't matter how he does it. All that matters is that he's my peace. If I know my where, then I don't care about the how. I don't know how God's going to save all these seven people I'm praying for. What I know is that salvation comes from God. When I know my where, I don't worry about the how. But humanity, we're always worrying and we're always after the how. Right? And so Philip is like, I don't know. I don't know where we're. How are we going to do? How are we going to do? Right there, Andrew, right? The brother of Peter. He's like, hey, 
I got this little kid here. He has about five breadsticks and two fish fillets. Can we do something with this, Jesus? Right? You know, probably the kid's like, oh, my God, they're stealing my lunch. Like, what are are they doing? Jesus, like, give it to me. Jesus grabs it. I can imagine it. Some of the disciples and some of the people are like, are you, we're going to feed people with one small lunch? How are we going to feed almost 15 to 20,000 people with a Lunchable, right? Like, this is, this is insane, right? What the kid thought was small and insignificant to God, it didn't matter because to Jesus, he could do much with our small and insignificant. A lot of times we say, I can't serve God right now because I don't have a lot of time in my hands. My schedule's crazy. I can't join Dream Team, but... But one day when I have enough time, then I'll join Dream Team. Then I'll start serving in the church. Right? Then I'll join Dream Team. And a lot of us are, I'm not getting the connect group this season because I'm just working overtime. And I got a busy life right now. We got football practice, baseball practice, ballerina practice, and a kids practice everything every day. And so I'm not going to get a connect group this season. But when I have more time, then I'll join in. Can I tell you, God's not worried about your then. God wants your now. Right. God doesn't care how much little time you have. If you just give him the little bit that you have, he'll make a whole lot of it. Right. So a lot of us, we think I have so, so little to give God. God's like, give me your little and watch what I'll do with your little. Some people are like, I'm not, I'm not going to start giving tithes and offerings because I have so little. And God's like, I'm not an after an amount. I'm after your heart. Oh, when I make a million dollars, then I'll give my tithes and offerings. God's like, I don't need a million dollars. I need your heart. Right, and so a lot of us are thinking then when God's like, no, I need your now. And the kid just gives up his lunch, and who knows how the story went. Maybe Peter snatched it from him, but they give it to Jesus, and Jesus prays over it, and they begin to distribute it, and they feed fifteen to 20,000 people. In fact, the Bible says that, that Jesus multiplied the food so much that there's 12 baskets full after everybody eats. It's a whole lot of food, 20,000 plus kind of food. The next day, it says the Bible, the Bible says that later on that day, the disciples, they jump in a boat. They cross the Sea of Galilee. Jesus went up on a mountain to get away from the people for a little bit. The middle of the night, by the way, he shows up while the disciples are crossing the lake. They freak out. They're scared. Jesus is like, don't worry about it. I'm walking on water. Jumps in the boat. They get to the other side of the lake. When they get to the other side of the lake the next morning, it says that the crowds, they were looking for him. And the crowds come looking for Jesus. And they're like, Jesus, where'd you go? We've been looking for you forever. You disappeared on us. We finally found you. Thank God we found you. Right, And Jesus is like, you're after me, not because of who I am, but you're after me because you want more bread. You're just after me because you want more stuff from me. He says, but, but the kind of bread that you ate yesterday, you're going to get hungry again. That can only fill you for a moment. But you should really work for and you should really go after the food that's going to fill you forever. Because you have a different type of hunger. You're trying to fill spiritual hunger with physical things. And Jesus says there's a hole in the heart of humanity, basically. And bread's not going to do it. What you need is the bread of life. Right? This is what he's trying to say. The first thing I want to let you know, church, number one, is that only one source can satisfy us eternally. Only one source can satisfy us eternally. Every human heart desires something. Every human heart is longing for something and we try to fill it with all these things. We try to fill it with a job. Well, maybe if I get this job, if I get this salary, then I'll feel okay. Right? If I get this number, I I thought that reaching this number, my life was going to be awesome. How many people have reached that number only to to find out that number doesn't satisfy? 
right? Well, the reason that my life right now is a little bit shaky and the reason I'm not doing too good is because I'm not married yet. I'm single, you know? It's been a long time, Jesus. When are you going to come through? But the moment I get married, God, I'm going to be good. and Life is going to be good once I get married. You just... Lord Jesus. You're just hungry, brother. You're just hungry. There's a spiritual hunger on the inside. And you try to fill a spiritual hunger with a physical thing, right? Well, maybe if I get this car, if I get this house, if I get these things, then life will be okay. Jesus, like, stop going for the bread that spoils. Stop going after the bread that rots, right? Every single day you're going to be hungry for something. You'll go after something, but there's a deeper hunger in your soul. And the only one that can satisfy it is the bread of life. The only one that can satisfy it is the son of God. If you understand who he is, then you understand that he can sat. Are you looking? Maybe today you're searching. Maybe today you came in here and you're like, Alex, I'm, I'm starving, right? Looking to see what can satisfy. I've tried it all. I've tried relationships, I've tried success, I've tried money, I've tried to get all these things, trying to fill this hole in my heart. I'm here to tell you, only the true bread of life can fill it. His name is Jesus. Only one source can satisfy us eternally. Rotten. The crowds, they're, they're, they're like shaking up. They're like, whoa, we, we want this then. Right, we want this. How do we do this? How do we work for this thing? Jesus is like, stop, stop thinking about work. We, we want this. Can we do something? Because we, we've been working, chasing you. Jesus like, it's not about works. Stop working for, for things in life. You, you think that with God, you're going to achieve things through working? With God, it's not working. With God, it's believing. Second thing I want to tell you is that we need to stop working and we need to start believing. Right? Jesus is like, you've been working. You've been working. You think that you can almost like buy God by working. You think that you can dress up on a Sunday, put on your best outfit, come to church, sing every song, and you feel like you, feel like you messed up in the week, so you come to church, and you're like, maybe if I say I'm sorry a million times, I won't even look up because I need to work my way back to God. And this week, I'm going to work really, really hard to be the best person I can be. I'm going to work really, really hard not to sin, right? And so we go throughout the week. This week, I'm going to think if I have a bad thought, mm, no, I got to work harder. If I looked at something that wasn't supposed to, got to work harder. Right. Oh, I'm doing bad. We think everything's working. It's like, are you working? Are you praying? Are you constipated? We don't know. We're not sure, right? And God's like, it's not working with me. Oh, you sinned? You messed up? You did something you weren't supposed to? All you need to do is believe. Believe in my grace. Believe in my mercy. Believe that I'm for you. Believe that I died for you. If you just believe, you would understand that it is not working. It's not working for God. It's believing in him. Jesus is like, you want what satisfies your soul? You can't work for it. You can't earn it. There's nothing you can do to deserve it. It's just believing. Just believe that he is. Today, maybe you're in here, you're like, Alex, I've been working. I've been working thinking that I can please God. I've been working thinking that I can get closer to God by something I can do. Can I tell you, you don't get closer to God through behavior. You get closer to God through believing. Just believe through faith. He's for me. He's with me. He loves me. He's like, you want this bread? You want the bread of life? Real, true life? Just believe. Believe in the one the Father sent. The crowds, they go crazy, right? The crowds are like, believe? That's it? 
because they were so used to working. We're also used to working. Well, fine, if, if, if you're it, can you show us another sign, Jesus? Show us another sign, just so we know for sure it's you. I just want to know for sure. I know you already gave us a bunch of food yesterday, and that was awesome. Give us another sign today, right? And we can look at this crowd and be like, my God, they're crazy. <laughs> they're wild. But we do the same thing with God, right? God has come through for us so many times, and all of a sudden we're like, God, if you come through for me one more time. I'm going to join Connect Group just one more time. You do this thing for my life right now. I'm going to join Dream Team. I'll start serving God. God, but all I need is this one more thing. And we're also always asking for signs from God. Right? And they're like, oh, we just need a sign. We just need a sign. Because Moses, when we were in the desert and we came out of Egypt, Moses, he gave us bread from heaven. What are you going to do? Jesus. Right? <laughs> Jesus is like, it wasn't Moses that gave you bread. It was my father who provided that bread. It wasn't Moses. You're following signs. What you want is another sign. You're missing the point. The sign is just pointing to a destination. You want more signs? Why do you want more signs? The signs are just pointing to the destination and you're stopping at the signs. All those signs were just pointing to the destination. Imagine us leaving out of here today, jumping on the expressway, the highway. And by the way, they've been under construction for 35 years. And we jump up there and... We see all these signs, for example, that say downtown Miami. We're like, oh, did you see that sign? Downtown Miami, amazing. Then we see another one, downtown Miami, 20 miles away. Oh, another one, I love it. We get into the third one. Imagine we get off the car, we stop at this sign. We're like, oh, this sign, look at it. Here it is. We got to the sign. Why would you want to stop at the sign when there's a greater destination ahead? Jesus is like, wait a minute. Jesus is like, wait a minute, you're, you're talking about Moses providing bread? That was old bread. That was temporary bread. That was just the shadow of greater things to come. That was bread from heaven. That was earthly bread. But that was just a sign pointing to the greater bread. Oh, I didn't come to give bread. I came to be bread. I am the bread of life. If you believe in me, you can have eternal life forever. Follow the signs. Follow, follow to where they're pointing right yesterday i gave you bread and that was another sign what i was just trying to show you is that don't worry about how look at where the sign is pointing to jesus give us this bread he says i am the bread of life i am the bread of life and you need me more than you know you're searching you're looking you're hungry you're starving you're thirsty and you're trying to fill it with all these things in the world Jesus is like, I'm the only one that can satisfy the soul of humanity. In the book of Exodus, it says that God started providing to the people of God bread every single day. They were in the desert. They were hungry. And so God said, okay, I'm going to start giving you bread daily. They would go to sleep. They would go night, night, right? And they would go to sleep. They'll wake up in the morning and there was fresh bread. Imagine in your front porch, they would leave the tent and right outside the tent, there was a piece of bread from heaven, manna, amazing. But what they started doing is that they started collecting this bread and storing it in their tents, in their homes. I'm gonna have bread for the whole week. <laughs> oh, whoever leaves their bread out, I'm gonna steal their bread. I'm gonna collect all the bread, right? And Jesus said, no, I'm gonna give you enough bread for one day. Don't collect it, don't store it. In fact, if you collect it and store it, it'll go bad by the next day. I'm giving you enough for one day. 
Well, if this was a sign of the greater bread to come, then that must only mean that we need this bread daily. Give us this day our daily bread. Can I tell you, church, that we don't just need Jesus once a year? Can I tell you, church, that we just don't need Jesus once every six months? We don't come and worship God and spend time with Jesus once a month or once a week or for an hour on a Sunday. The third and final thing is that we need this bread daily. And we need to make sure we go and get this bread daily. Not only do we need it daily, we need it every second, every hour of the day. I need Jesus in the morning and I need Jesus in the afternoon. I need him at night and I need him when I sleep because only he can satisfy my soul. Only he completes me. He is the bread of life. There is no one like him. No one is like the bread of life. Jesus, he's all sufficient. He's the alpha and the omega. He is the word. He was with God and he is God. Only he can satisfy the longings of my soul and I need him every second. I worship him every day. I worship him in the morning and I worship him when I drive. I worship him in at night and I'm going to worship him throughout the day because only he alone can satisfy my soul. Come on somebody. Can somebody give Jesus a big shout of praise in this place? Come on, can we stand up on our feet all across this place? Let's stand up to our feet all across this place. I'm going to ask every eye to be closed, every hand to be raised. Come on, every eye to be closed, every hand to be raised. Come on. Oh, praise the name. Can we sing it out? Hallelujah. Come on. Somebody needs to begin to worship Jesus. Come on. Can we lift him up? Hallelujah. Jesus, you're worthy. You are the bread of life. We need you so much. Oh, come on. Let's worship him. If you know you need him, can you lift him up? Oh Lord, oh Lord our God, oh praise the name of the Lord our God, oh praise praise His name forevermore, for endless days we will sing your praise, oh Lord, oh Lord. Jesus, we want you. Lord, Jesus, we want you. Come on. Praise His name forevermore. For endless days, we will sing Your praise, O Lord, O Lord, our God. Come on, with every eye closed, all across this place, every eye closed, every head bowed. Maybe you're in here today and you're saying, Alex, I don't know this Jesus. I'm so far from God. Maybe you're in here and you're saying, Alex, I'm lost. I'm confused. I've done some things I'm not proud of. I've done things that nobody knows about. I got some things in secret that I'm ashamed of. And maybe you came in here today and what you're walking around with and what you're carrying is shame and guilt. You're saying, I don't know this God. I don't know this bread. The bread of life. And maybe you've tried to fill yourself with, with other things that represent this bread. Maybe you're like, Alex, I've tried it all. I've been in relationships, chased a career, chased a salary, 
thought a house would do it, a car would do it. I thought drugs might do it. I thought alcohol might do it, but nothing satisfies my soul. Can I tell you there's only one? His name is Jesus. I believe he's here. He loves you so much. While the whole church is praying, every eye closed, every head bowed. If you're in here today, you're saying, Alex, I need God. No, I've messed up. The truth is all of us have. The Bible says that all of us are sinners. I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. Every single person in here, none of us are perfect. We have all failed God in one way or another and sin separates us from God. But God so loved the world so much that he sent his son, Jesus. Jesus came and he grabbed all of my sin, all of your sin. The Bible says that he carried the sins of the world on his shoulders. Every wrong we've done, every wrong we've thought, said, carried on his shoulders. And the Bible says that Jesus went up on the cross and he died for the sins of humanity. There on that cross, Jesus gave up his life. He died on that cross, went down to a grave and they laid him in a grave and he was in a grave for three days. But after three days, sin and death could not hold them or defeat him. Jesus, he resurrected from the dead. He's alive and he, he offers a brand new beginning, a relationship with God the Father. Today, he wants to forgive you of all of your sins. He wants to come into your life, make you brand new. The Bible says that he knocks on the door of our heart, waiting to be let in. Is he knocking on your heart today? He's the bread of life. And all he wants to do is give you life to the full. Everlasting life, eternal life. A life full of vitality, not on the outside, but on the inside. He wants to forgive us of all of our sins. And make us brand new in him. Today, you can have forgiveness. Today, you can have a brand new clean slate. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, in the auditorium, additional seating wherever you're watching every eye closed every head bowed I want the whole church praying it's an important moment maybe you're in here you're saying Alex I need this God when nobody looking around I'm going to count to three in just a moment when I count to three if you're in here and you're saying Alex I need a relationship with God I need Jesus to forgive me I want a relationship with him I want a clean slate I want a brand new beginning I want to put my faith and my trust in Jesus at the count of three I'm going to ask you to raise your hand right where you're at Hold it up just for a few seconds. I'm not going to embarrass you, call you out. In fact, every eye closed, every head bowed, nobody looking around. If you need Jesus, I want you to raise your hand. I just want to see who I'm praying for. If you can hold it up for just three seconds, I'll see you. And more importantly, I believe God has seen you take this step of faith. One, two, three. Raise your hands all over this place. Can you raise it up as high as you can? Hold it up just for a second. I see you. 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 You, 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 you. I see 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 you. God bless you. I see you. I see you. Hands everywhere. Father, we thank you for all of these hands. Thank you for every single person making a decision. Today, I pray that you come and that you seal it with the Holy Spirit. All of you who raise your hands, with every eye closed, every head bowed, I want you to repeat this prayer after me. In fact, the whole church as a family, we're going to say it together. Repeat after me. I believe God is here. Let's all say this out loud. Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God, that you died for my sins. And on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life. Be my Lord and be my savior. From today on. I am forgiven, I am saved, 
and I'm healed. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, Calvary, can we put our hands together? Come on, can we, can we celebrate every person that's made a decision today?